Meg Michelson. Welcome back to Soul Speak. Today's episode, I have a dear friend of mine joining me. Her name is Suzanne Gowerluck. And we're going to talk about the concept of living with magic. What does magic even mean? Remember from the beginning, we are a, in my belief, we're a soul living in this body. And in order to feel more balanced, there is always that connection. Suzanne and I have had a really wonderful and deep connection, and um, we've both learned how to live within magic. So Suzanne, thank you so much for being here with me today. Suzanne has been a friend of mine for, I don't know, I was thinking that this morning, at least 25 years, and her journey has been really lovely and remarkable. And she is now currently on the faculty of and a guide on the Enneagram Prison Project, EPP, which I will have Suzanne tell us about today because it's a, a pretty remarkable story. So welcome, Suzanne. Thanks, Meg. It's really nice to get to have this time and space with you. And yeah, I was thinking about it too before we got together going 20, 20 something. It's been 20 something. We met as, um, both had partners in life. We were moms raising kids and then also on this spiritual journey together. And um, we've woven that back and forth for over 20 years. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Today, and, and Suzanne and I talked briefly, but really a lot of this is going to be off the cuff today because we have that relationship. And um, I want you to tell me, if you're willing, tell our audience when did you start to discover that you are um, more than a physical body? Big question. Yeah. And I think my journey has been the reverse, like living in a body <laughs> has been like, what the hell? I'm stuck in this little skin suit down here. Um, as a kid, I, I grew up in a large family. I have five brothers and two sisters and I kind of, it was a childhood of something in between Cinderella and Snow White with seven dwarves because I had seven siblings. And Meg and I have that large family connection with each other. And for me, I was sensitive. I had lots of emotions. And with five brothers around me, that didn't quite fit into an efficient household. Um, but I was not willing to not honor that. And I would hide under the bed and read a book or get lost in coloring or some little art project, like the magic that Meg is talking about, um, for me was just survival. And Meg, I've listened to your other podcasts, of course, and you use the word magic. And I'm like, I asked her this morning, do you know you say magic a lot? And she's like, yes, it's quite intentional. And I was like, I don't know that I, I don't know that I, it is magical. But to me, it's a mystery. Like that's been my journey with intuition and this spiritual part of who we are beyond the body. And my work has really to come into my body and be present and be in the now, not often a fantasy in my head or um, seeking for something outside, which we all do and I continue to do. But everything each one of us needs, it's inside of us. Beautiful. And I agree that mystery and the mystery is magical to me. Um, a quick story. I was driving down 
the freeway going to, to my office and happened, I was thinking too much thinking because that's what we do. Well, I do. And I pulled up at the stoplight and I turned and looked at the median and there was wildflowers and a bee. And then there was this little butterfly and it just made me feel a little bit awestruck. Like, wow, in all of our craziness, if we do that and we're in our body, that's that beautiful magic to me. The mystery, the magic of all those things that can help bring in the joy when our lives aren't always so easy. Like you would sleep under the bed. When I was getting, you know, we knew we were doing this this morning and I'm not... I'm not on a podcast talking to people. I'm actually just talking to my friend Meg because I'm not a want to be out in the camera world person. And I stepped outside on my porch and I just was breathing for a minute. And I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna just go have a conversation with Meg. And an eagle started circling right above my head. I haven't seen an eagle in my neighborhood in years. And it just did circles above me. I'm like, all right, nature is giving me a sign. Like, Suzanne, just see the bigger picture. But also eagles can see the minutiae on the ground to hunt and to survive. So finding that magic, finding those connections to things outside of us, um, keep me grounded and keep me focused in this reality. Absolutely. And, And that is what helps us survive and not only survive but thrive you know thrive Suzanne has always brought magic into my life like um oh this might make me cry but after my divorce I moved to Wisconsin and um she got on a bus and came down to help me set up the house and we worked our butts off very quickly because that's how Suzanne works. And that is like how that all manifested. And someone tried to steal her suitcase, <laughs> but she got it back. Those are those pieces that really help us through the hard times, through the hard times. So we've, we've been on this journey and supported each other for a long time. And Suzanne always brings magic in, whether or not you realize it, Suzanne. Um, I want you to talk about, if you will, like your journey into where you were on a um, raising kids, your job, into what you do now, now working with EPP, because your story is very unusual. This isn't someone's typical path. Yeah, like I said, when Meg and I met, we were moms raising our kids, but knew there was this other piece to reality. So we took an intuitive class together, which was ridiculous. Ridiculous. We had kids and we drove 45 minutes to meet on a freeway and then drive across a state line to take this class. And it was a year long class through the winter and everything else. So just feeding the seeker in me was helpful. And um, I was a legal secretary that made my way into being an interior designer. And um, I came to the point I was the operations manager for the company and everything in me was saying something's coming, things are going to change. And I'm like, hell no, it's not. I like my life. I love my job. I like who I work for. I've got a lot of control and what I do, but I knew it was coming. So I made a little pact with the universe. Well, I want to buy 
this furniture for a room in my house. And that's like over two grand. So until I save that, I, I won't even consider leaving my job. And within a week of going to work, the owner who had never done this before gave me a bonus. And it was for the amount of money that that freaking furniture cost. So I was like, oh, man. Um, so I knew I needed to give notice and there would be something else. Um, and so I did. I ended up giving notice and um, stayed home to be a mom, which was never on my bucket list. I felt like I did that as a kid with uh, five brothers and two sisters, but I loved being home with my son and daughter. And that led me to volunteering in hospice and the hospice homes would say, God, you have something. When you work with someone, they're calm. After you leave, they seem calm. So it, it's crazy, but I went into um, medical massage and I really had no interest in the body. Like, no, nothing to, I'm not into bones and muscles and tissue and that's all gross. And yet it's kind of like the universe calls us, I think, into places where as humans, we have the least amount of control because it's about trusting and surrendering. And I had been a medical massage therapist and healing touch practitioner at a hospital for just over 20 years. Absolutely loved the work there. And um, my clients were the doctors, nurses, and surgeons. And so combining healing touch with medical massage had me based in the body, but also speaking um, intuitively what I was receiving from their body. And I was like, ah, oh, shit, I'm probably going to get fired. They're going to say I'm a whack job, a witch or whatever. And I just trusted and I just trusted and said, Hey, and I'm picking this up. Here's the message. Can you receive that? I don't care what it means. I'm just asking, can you receive it? They said, yes. And I was there for 23 years. So the gig worked. Um, and then I had a feeling this is coming to an end again. And what's coming next, I didn't know. But I had learned the tool of the Enneagram, which is um, a roadmap to our personality. And I used that with my clients. And um, sure enough, the next turn came. And I had been studying the Enneagram and going to a discussion group and actually facilitating a discussion group around personality. And um, they asked if I would be on a board. And I'm like, sure, I'll support this in a bigger way, even though I'd never done that before. And they said, you'll be outreach chair. And I'm like, outreach chair can do that. And then they said, oh, you're going to be an outreach chair. And we have um, an opportunity at Shakopee Women's Prison. And I'm like, a prison? Like, I, I'm going to go teach in a prison? Like, that just was not... It on my radar. And I was like, well, this is exciting. I don't really care where people live. I just want to know, are you interested in you in doing your real work of finding out who are you and who can you be in this world beyond a personality, beyond a body, because we're all so much more than that. And I had taught for two years. And then I was adamant I needed to create a workbook for the women because if you're living in a cell and something happens either on your unit or in your cell you get rolled up which means they come in take everything out the only thing you're left back with is everything that was state mandated to you and so they will lose all their notes that's like someone taking your diary from you and this is personal work 
And that was heartbreaking to me. So I'm like, I need to, I need to create a workbook. And I knew something's coming. And um, the board said, do you want to go to Texas for this Enneagram International Conference? And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't. And every time I said no, my bones said, yeah, you be the one going, girlfriend. And I'm like, "Mm -mm, I'm not going to go. And then it came down to going. And sure, I ended up going. And I, I, I raged to the universe that we've got a relationship that I'm always like, then take me out, bring me home, get me out of here if you don't want to deal with me anymore. And that's just how I work. I'm sassy on that end. And um, flew to Texas. And I was like, all right, if I go there, I best find somebody with a freaking workbook. That's what I need. And I hadn't even checked into the hotel. The person next to me is like, yeah, what do you do with the Enneagram? And I'm like, um, well, I'm teaching in a women's prison in Minnesota. And she's like, oh my gosh, so am I in Finland. And boom. And she was like, do you know Susan Alessic? And I'm like, no. And she said, well, she's in California. She teaches the Enneagram with um, people in custody. I'm like, does she have a workbook? And she's like, yeah, as a matter of fact, we do. So here, <laughs> here I, I, I rage against what I'm supposed to do if I'm surrendering and trusting. And yet when I do, and it's, it's easy and that was easy. And so I've been working with Enneagram prison project known as EPP since 2017. Um, We teach the tool of the Enneagram in custody and prison and jails um, all over the world. And that is very sacred work. And I'm blessed to be part of it. And when we met 20 some years ago, we would never have thought this is where you were going to be. No, I still look at it today and I'm just like, do I really do this? And I do. And there's a beautiful force of people that are committed to help us understand why we do what we do, because we're all in a prison of our own making and how we suffer our personality. That's a quote from Susan. That's right. And so and true. So true. And when you look, so I want the audience to understand that's magic. Every time Suzanne would be in resistance, she would do it anyway because she was led to do it. And Suzanne, a lot of people don't live that way. You know that a lot of people don't follow the nudges and then they feel more stuck. And in addition to that, I want you to, if you will, Every time you followed the magic, you said, or followed the nudges, you said, then that was easy. But was your life easy all this time? Have you, and and you you can talk about them or not, but have you had challenges in your life? Or has your life just been easy breezy because you've always followed guidance of spirit? Like, I don't even want to answer that question as if, as if. Don't I wish? Don't I wish? No, it doesn't doesn't mean my life is easy. Like turning and trusting. I didn't have the money to go to Texas. And then after that, I followed them to Finland because I'm like, this cannot be the real thing. And so I had to pull a bank account of money I was saving for my daughter and use that money. And I felt a lot of guilt, but I was like, I really feel like I have to do this. So it's not about irresponsibility or um, if it feels good, go do it. It doesn't usually feel good. Usually the things that have led to my next growth pattern, like I said, have been things that I don't feel I have the capacity. And that comes from, I'm going to say a lack of self-esteem. 
but it's not like I know I have value. I know I have trust, but there is underlying personality things that feed it to go in the other direction. And then when I can distinguish through being present in the moment and going, all right, I can move this way. It is responsible what I'm doing. It just doesn't have a clear path to it. It has led me to another place, but not easy, not easy, not easy. And what you've done every time is surrendered. Fine. I'll do it. And there's fear there. Just because we live and take those risks doesn't mean life is easy. And and really, that's what I would love people to understand. I always have thought Suzanne works with angels because Suzanne's a great manifester. But she's had challenge in her life, just like I have. Like we have challenge. And we yet we still want to try to follow the mystery. And we don't always understand it. But I do want to ask this because we're on that topic of challenge. Can you give us any examples of when you felt alone or disconnected from spirit and and how then you were able to get back, get out of bed, take another risk, surrender again? Yep, we got to go to that dark spot. Yeah, there have been many times where I'd say there have been more times that I've felt the pain of disconnection than the joy of connection on the journey. But the more I've learned to trust and surrender, the more joy I have in the wonder of trusting and surrendering. So I hope that doesn't sound like a convoluted circle answer. Um, But it seems like when I've had, the dark times with no answer, if I can just pause and I do do some form of meditation, whether it's going for a walk outside to be in contact with the earth or most mornings I sit and do some meditation, even if it's 10 minutes before I start my day, I can be more present to reality and not get so bogged down or sidewound in what I would say is my personality and my, my personal agenda. Um, does that answer? Which is back to surrender. Yeah. Cause that's back to surrender. And when then we're not attached to outcome. No, throughout life, when we are attached to outcome, we're disconnected from the greatness that could come when we surrender. Like Suzanne now travels around the world to some, um, a lot of prisons. And had she not followed that chain of events, would the universe still have her there? Well, she's supposed to be there. So maybe next month she would have had to go somewhere else and still met the woman from Finland. Like that was supposed to happen. And so when we allow ourselves to follow those nudges, even when it just seems kind of crazy, we can't attach to outcome. We won't always have the answers. Might have them later, but we oftentimes don't have them in that um, time when we really want them. Yeah, I think what you're saying about like wanting to know the outcome, it's never really been there because life is a journey and and one thing just rolls to the next thing, which rolls to the next thing. And if you laid it all out, you're like, this can't go together. And yet we can all look back 
and go, oh my gosh. So I see how being a legal secretary led me to being a interior designer, which led me to be a body worker, which led me to be in prisons. Like what the hell, how does that even go together? And yet it does. That's right. So it's enjoying the journey. Yeah. Enjoying the journey. And even now, do you recognize at whatever age you're at, doesn't matter, that there's the flow and the not flow? So do you know what I mean when I say the flow and the not flow? And um, yes, of course you do. And can you tell me a little bit about what you notice in your body when you're in the physical body, when you're in flow versus not flow? Now, I know you say age doesn't really matter, but I kind of think for some people, for me, age does matter. Because if I hadn't been around the globe this many times, um, it comes with experience to be able to trust. Because I'm still here as much as there have been so many times that it could have been an exit and it wasn't. Um, so I think age gives, time shows that, yep, I can trust, I can surrender. Because it's scary every single time. And that trust and surrender, when I'm in flow, it isn't like life is easy. It's it's just that things have um, forward movement to them. And when I'm, it's not in flow, there's a, there's a contraction in my body. Like I might kind of feel sick in my gut or I don't feel my heart as open. And I'm a heart type person. So I, I. I trust there first and I, and then I just am jumbled in my head. And so then I'm like, well, I'm just going to set it down for now or bring it to a meditation or call Meg and spend some time going through that with her, um, reaching out and using resources because I think spiritual work isn't meant to do alone. It's, it's, um, Gurdjieff says, it's not just difficult to do this work by ourselves. It's actually impossible. We need each other. I need the mirror. And I need a good friend who's going to say to me, yeah, you've told me this story 50,000 times, Suzanne. You're doing it again. Like a friend that can be honest, not a friend that I collude with, which when I was younger, and I was ticked about something. Oh, I wanted to call my girlfriend and rage about my partner or, oh my God, the kids are driving me nuts or whatever. And have them go, yeah, mine too. It's like, mm, helpful, but didn't help move me forward. It was like, I'll spend the time talking with you. And then are you going to go back to your partner and take care of your business? That's right. And that's been, an, that's been an evolution in your lifetime. Like you talked about, because as we evolve, we want to have friends that help lift us up and push us forward. And so I don't call Suzanne when I want her to pity me. We don't do that for each other. We are honest, but kind. We both know we have a lot of love for each other and we feel very safe telling each other the truth. Yeah. And that's what everybody does need in their life. We don't do this work alone because this is big work. It is really big work. I want to jump back to age for a minute. When Suzanne and I took Carolyn Mesa's class, and, and I want us to talk about that, that crazy connection. But when we took that class, we learned a, the astrological wheel, which many of you might know. There's 12 sizes to that pie. And it takes about 30 years to go around a life cycle. In those first 30 years, you're just, we're just novices. We're getting our feet wet. 
we're learning how to be in the body and then out in the big world. First six houses are more in the body and then it's out in the big world, seven through 12. And we're both, I'm just entering because I told you guys I'm 59, I'll be 60 next month. And now I'm entering my third go round. So by now I have thrown a lot of crap off my cart, hopefully. We get to do that, but that's where that experience happens. And so I don't expect my kids that are in their 30s to live how I live. I certainly don't expect my 21-year-old or my 16-year-old to live how I live because I've gained all this experience and wisdom. And I still do dumb things where I have to call Suzanne and say, okay, can you talk me through this? So it doesn't matter how old we are in that way. It really doesn't to me. However, it's yes, always respect and honor how far we've come. And age does bring that to you, hopefully. But we know people that haven't gotten there yet, but they might still. Never, never, it's too, never too late. And Meg, that's where I think um, your readings can be helpful because there is age appropriate evolution as we circle life's um, wheel. And um, there's lessons to be learned. And those that we learned, great. And there's always the leveling up to the learning as well. So having a session with you or um, an honest session with someone else or taking a class, like reaching out and using resources, that grows and changes as well. What supported me when I was in my 20s and 30s, it doesn't support me anymore because I'm not living in that realm. So I think that's, that's important to point that out. Absolutely. And that's where, back to what you said, we don't want to do this work alone because when we do this work alone, it can really cause depression. It can be overwhelming. And I'm talking emotional work and then how we then attach it to living as a soul with the human emotions. It's not always easy. Not always easy. So can you um, talk about a time where you felt like you were really pulled away from feeling that what I would call magic. And what did you do to get back? No, and I don't mean just like your every day, but there are what I would consider the dark night of the souls. Mm -hmm. And every human has a dark night of the soul. And oftentimes we have more than one of those. Do you want to explain that, Suzanne, and, and talk about that? It not may, maybe not even in your life, but in someone's life, you know, either way. I want to be in flow and it's hard to stay in flow. Um, I had a point that I was really depressed and I would be able to get the kids off to school and then I would just slink back into bed and I would be able to get up and clean the house and do what I need to do. So my husband didn't know, the kids didn't know, but a friend knew because she would call me and she's like, it sounds like you're in bed. And I'm like, yeah, I just haven't gotten up. But then she started calling and checking on me. I'm like, gosh, shit, now I'm busted. And this went on for probably three months. And I was like, oh, I got to break out of, I need to break out of this. And just having someone witness that you're in a dark place, maybe you need help with this. And I did that and I got that. And for me, it was like, once again, I thought I was alone. I, I didn't even know what to reach out and ask for. But then in my work, it was like, oh, someone will come and say, oh, I'm embarrassed. I'm dealing with depression right now I might need to go on some meds and I'm like oh my god good for you you do what you have to do to get yourself back whatever resource works it's an individual journey 
It can feel shameful or embarrassing or isolating. And it's just part of the human journey to go, yeah, guess what? You can't do this alone. I need you. We need each other to level up, to witness, to mirror. Having that external connection. So we have our internal connection to our, our higher power, whatever, whatever your higher power is. And those players in our story, some of them we want to disconnect from, but some of them we want to bring in. Because that can be, you know, in my belief system, there are angels in physical bodies all the time. You could be sad or depressed or having a really rotten day and someone says something kind to you. And all of a sudden you get a little relief. Like when you have that and you tell one of your, your when you were a massage therapist, yeah, go do something or good for you that you are. That's an angel on earth which Suzanne used to be called an angel on earth by many people, and I'm sure still is. And that is this journey of balancing humanness with the mystery, with the magic. When I look back at our journey, because sometimes Suzanne and I will say, when life gets really hard, we're just going to Thelma and Louise it. We're just going <laughs> to drive off a cliff. And, and that's our private thing, which is no longer private. But that's the way we laugh about how crazy and hard sometimes life can be. And then we go back to when Suzanne said we were driving for a whole year plus to this class. That's how we met, even though we lived not that far from each other, but we had to meet across the border in order to connect because we were meant to. And then we probably would have lost not total connection, but we wouldn't have gained the friendship we did had we not ended up at Carol and Mace together. This is where the universe brings in the magic. And if we continue to ignore those nudges, I think we can still get there, but we have to, it takes longer. So can you just give us a brief story on what was after our class and how did we end up at Carolyn Mace together? Yeah, after we were finished with the class, I don't know that we would have stayed connected, Meg, because yeah. you had a house full of kids. I was raising a family, doing the career, partner, trying to have a life outside of that as well. And um, I saw the course, Carolyn Mace, Archetypes. You and I hadn't connected about that. I, I don't even think that was around or it was around, but you and I hadn't had a conversation around it. I found it on my own and I'm like, oh, this sounds fascinating. Understanding our archetypal journey, we're all on that. This is just a way to package it. I'm really interested in it, but the class was expensive. It was in Chicago. I told my husband about it and him being the lovely supportive person that he is and has been for 37 years. Love you, Mike. Um, I'm like, I, I really want to do this class, blah, 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 blah. It's everything I want, but we can't. We don't have that kind of money right now. That would be irresponsible. The kids need to do a sport thing or whatever. And I put it away. And he came to me, I don't know, a month later. And he's like, hey, Suzanne, you know that Enneagram class or the, the Carolyn Mace class? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I signed you up for it. You're in. You're in the class. And I'm like, of course, at first I was like, oh, that's so nice. And then I'm like, what the hell? Are you crazy? So it was that paradoxical thing. And then I looked at the class list and Meg Michelson from Burnsville, Minnesota is in the class. And I called her I'm like, that's right. girlfriend, what? 
and and the universe put us back together and we've been like blue ever since. That's right. And that's that where we have to follow the nudges because I was not in a strong foundational financial place either to take that class. But my gut was like, nope, this is going to change your life. And not only did Carolyn's work change my life, but also doing this journey with Suzanne, we were able to have so much time together over, I don't know, it was two plus years. Yeah. We did that work. Yeah. So anything else you'd like to tell the people that are listening that might benefit them? Because these are, these have been tough times for a lot of people. I just, um, I really work to be in alignment with my thinking that I'm not doing too much stinking thinking, but yet I hold on to discernment and that I keep my heart open because that for me, that's my receiving. The spirit comes through my heart first. If I can lead with compassion and I'm not talking a bleeding heart here, I'm talking about open to my potential, to others' potential, to have unconditional positive regard for others' journey. I can be a conduit and a partner with them on their journey, but it's their business, how they conduct that and how we do that, but let's do it together. And then staying embodied to be in my body is to be home here on earth. And um, that is a privilege. And if you want to know any more about that, Enneagram prison project um, dot org is a beautiful organization sharing self-awareness around the world with people that are incarcerated. And it is a, a beautiful organization. Um, thank you so much. And I want to do a plug for creativity because Suzanne's also part of the place she goes is creating things with her hands, using those five senses, which I've talked about in other episodes. We got to use our physical body. And when we don't know what to do, pick up some art supplies. It's not a waste of time. It's not a waste of time. It gets us back into feeling like anything is possible. As long as you do it with kindness to yourself, not perfectionism. Thank you so much. It has been an honor and, and I, I hope we'll do this again. Thank you for being here with us. And I look forward to having you join me again next Wednesday. Have a beautiful week. Hey, listeners. Thanks again for joining me. If you want to learn more about me, services I offer, who I am, please check out my website, megmichelson.com. Also there, you can join my newsletter. I do a, the best job I can to send it out monthly, no guarantees. Follow me on Instagram and YouTube. Thanks again for coming. I'll see you next time.